dining in a restaurant and you look up and you see a photo of Steve Delinsky, it's been recommended by him, you know you're in the right place because, boy, is he an expert on all things foods. I mean, he has in the city, in the suburbs, I mean, actually all over the globe, honestly. Steve Delinsky, ABC7 food reporter is with us. Hi, Steve. Hey, G. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? How are you holding up during this um, stay-at-home order? Uh, I'm holding up. I'm doing a lot of cooking. Uh, it's a combination of uh, Blue Apron boxes and getting creative and having my kids around and uh, cooking as a family. It's, it's actually quite quite a bit of fun. Well, I do follow you on Instagram, and I love to see what you're cooking. You kind of pull from all different types of cuisine when you cook, but I'm shocked that you get a ready-made delivery food kit. <laughs> well, I can't do everything from scratch, G. I don't have that much snow. I... Um, I, we've, we're, you know, I, we're fans of Blue Apron. What can I say? We've been getting it for about a year or two. Um, we tried all those box delivery systems, and for whatever reason, we like uh, the Blue Aprons. They, they're, they're easy to work with. Uh, you do a little bit of cooking. It takes about 30 minutes, and, um, and they're not a sponsor of mine at all. I just, we're just we're fans. Well, you know what? If you approve it, then I'm going to think about this because that means uh, I, I shouldn't be judged for um, how I decide to cook at home. So I think that's a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, as long as you're cooking, you know, like 50, 60% of it and they give you all the portions, everything's measured out, there's no waste, and everything we've had has been pretty delicious. So you can get, like, I think, uh, portions for two people or portions for four people. Well, I wanted to check in with you because I know that a lot of people are. You know, we're heading into the weekend, so I know that people may want to order delivery or takeout, and a lot of pizza is being delivered right now. And of course, I thought about your really comprehensive pizza book that uh, came out last year, Pizza City. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, it might be nice to have Steve on to kind of talk about what his top five pizzas that you have to order and get delivered or, you know, order takeout would be. Yeah. Um, you know, the, unfortunately, so many places are closed now during this uh, the stay-at-home order. It's really been frustrating. Um, you know, and it's, it's sad that a lot of these folks just have had to close. But um, oh, I do have a couple of favorites for sure. Um, I just I was doing my first virtual pizza party last night online with uh, My Pie, which has been around since 1971. People don't realize this in Chicago. They opened up uh, five months after Lou Malnati's opened up in Lincolnwood up in, in 1971. No way, they're that, they've been around that long? Uh, they've been around a long time, yeah, coming up on almost 50 years. And, uh, of course, you know, Lou's is the big dog in Chicagoland, and they're everywhere. There are 55 locations. But My Pie just has one location in Bucktown, but they ship frozen all over the country. And uh, my, my cousins in Minneapolis still get their pizza because they used to be in Minneapolis back in the 70s and 80s. So I, I think that's a great pizza for, for pickup or for delivery if you can get a Mai Pai. It's a, it's a deep dish, but it's not what people think of as deep dish, at least outside of Chicago. It's not that big, you know, that monstrosity, mm-hmm. that above-ground outdoor pool that people think is stuffed pizza. <laughs> um, so I, I really am a big fan of Mai Pai. I'm also a huge fan of the tavern-style pies, something like Vito and Nick's on the southwest side, or Pat's Pizza up on the north side. Um, Pat's also celebrating an anniversary this year, 70 years in business. They opened up in 1950. Wow. And they are currently on the third generation running that restaurant. And I really think they have one of the best, the textbook uh, styles of of tavern-style pizzas. That's that very thin and crispy, Mm -hmm. square-cut, sauce and cheese pushed all the way to the edge, 
Um, they're in, in Lakeview, sort of uh, Lincoln Park, but they deliver uh, as well. Um, so I'm a big fan of Pat's. Um, and Forno Rosso does a great job with their Neapolitan style. Now, the problem with Neapolitan, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it does not travel well. Uh, it's a very, it's very delicate. It's soft. It's puffy on the edges. It's got that leopard spotting. It's kind of soft and wet and a little bit soupy in the middle. But it's it's fired in a wood fired oven. It takes about ninety seconds to bake. Honestly, it's the kind of pizza where if you're really hungry, you order it and you pick it up and you eat it in your car. Yeah. It's, it's 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 never going to be as delicious as it is in the first five minutes. So that's one of those places that I just I, I really adore. One of the places I was really sad to see closed during the lockdown is Freddy's and Cicero. I thought they were open, and then uh-huh. I just saw on their website that during um, the stay the stay home they're not going to be open. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You know, a lot of tough choices. It's been interesting to see which restaurants feel like, you know, we're going to try it. We're going to try to make this work and which uh, don't. So, Yeah, well, another good pizza place, by the way, uh, Middle Brow Bungalow. I think you probably have been there yes. in Logan Square. Mm-hmm. Love really, it. Really good, really good brewery, fantastic bread program. Uh, their head baker came from San Francisco at a really well-respected place out there, and they have a fantastic pizza. So Middlebrow Bungalow, it's on West Armitage. They do uh, delivery and pickup as well. And they're still open right now. Yeah, okay. yeah, they're doing a great well, job. That's great to know. So tell me, I know on your Instagram, you just said that you have a new podcast up, and it's not your you know, the podcast that you do with Rick Bayless, but it's a different podcast. Yeah, Rick and I took a break from the feed. We did that for five years, and it was a lot of work doing the weekly show. And so about a year, almost and a half ago, I started doing my own podcast called Pizza City. And this runs every other Friday. And so I go all over the country whenever I'm on the road traveling. And I've, I've, I've logged a lot of miles, as you know. And whenever I spend some time in a town like New York City or in San Francisco, I'll crank out um, as many interviews as I can with some of the top pizza makers. And so I've got a lot of material, and I've kind of been parceling this out over the last several months. And so today, at a great local Chicago place, a lot of uh, Chicagoans are going to know about D'Amato's mm-hmm. Bakery. That's that also another big anniversary, 50 years this year. They opened up in 1970. Lots of anniversaries I'm talking about tonight. I know. D'Amato's is uh, also on their third generation, Rosanna D'Amato, um, her grandparents, started it in 1970. They came over here in 1961. They, they bought an existing bakery in Westtown, which has a coal oven that dates back to 1912. And you can imagine this neighborhood, you can sort of still see remnants of it. There's a, a little bit of a little Italy vibe to this area. It's sort of, it's uh, May and Grand, about 1200 West Grand Avenue. You've got OG Trattoria, you've got Bari right next door to it, you've got uh, Salernos down the street. Uh, so a lot of Italian uh, presence in this neighborhood, but uh, D'Amato's is, they do sandwiches, they do focaccia, because they call it, they don't call it focaccia, it's focaccia. <laughs> they do cookies, and they do this really remarkable Sicilian slash bakery style slice pizza, the square pizza with rectangular slices. Uh, on the East Coast, they call it grandma style, okay. uh, but it's very much like a Sicilian. It's kind of a puffy, soft middle. It's a kind of a wet dough. Uh, they proof it overnight. It's got a little bit of a rise to it, but a very crispy, cheesy edge that is kind of reminiscent of what you'd find at a Pequod's or a Burt's or even a Detroit style, that kind of caramelized, cheesy edge, but a very soft and spongy middle and kind of a lightly baked, um, slightly browned 
undercarriage underneath the pizza. So it's got a little bit of a chew, not a big crunch, a little bit of a chew, uh, but really pleasant. Uh, five different styles. And so that was the, the podcast that ran today was all about D'Amato's. And so that, that show is called Pizza City. Love that. And of course, uh, you have Pizza City, the book, which I highly recommend. And you had the Pizza City tours as well. I'm guessing that everything is kind of on hold, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So the book, the book's been out about two years. It's called Pizza City USA, and it's all about Chicago pizza. And we, uh, I went to 185 places over the course of about six months to get to my 101. And about a, two years ago, two and a year and a half ago, we started Pizza City Tours. And every tour, we go to four different styles of pizza in about three hours. We do bus tours, we do walking tours. But yeah, you're right. We can't do them now. Um, a lot of places, even our, our pizza tour universe, are closed. And so we just sent an email out today to our pizza partners on the tours saying that we're hoping uh, in July. I think July would be the earliest possible uh, we, we know that the stay-at-home order goes through May. Uh, we're, we're hoping there's a month of sort of getting back into the swing of things very slowly. And then maybe by July 4th and 5th weekend, we'll be back at uh, the tours. See, this is something you wouldn't think about being affected. And then here you are because you have this whole other enterprise that you do. I know everybody knows you as ABC7's food reporter, but really you're involved in a lot of projects, including the World's 50 Best. What's going on there? Well, first, tell us what it is. Yeah, so the World's 50 Best Restaurants, um, it started by a small magazine called Restaurant Magazine in London uh, about 13, 14 years ago. And I've been in sort of, in, they've, what they've done is they've divided the world up into 26 different regions. Um, one of the regions, well, there are three regions in North America. I oversee the sort of middle of North America region, which is uh, sort of Ontario uh, and Manitoba, straight down the U.S., down to the Gulf of Mexico. And so within my region, I've got 40 voters, and those voters are broken up equally into chefs, restaurateurs, and food writers, and gastronauts, people who travel around and eat for a living. And so uh, up until this year, you know, every year they would have 50 Best Awards, and they would sort of uh, name these the greatest restaurants in the world based on these thousand voters uh, who are in the industry. Of course, that's all gone out the window. They've canceled the awards. Uh, they postponed them for an entire year. They're not even going to announce the 50 Best uh, that came into the voting this year. Um, and so they're on a completely different track called 50 Best for Recovery. And so they're working wow. on everything they can do. They're having a, a virtual summit focused on the restaurant sector. They're going to try to raise money to support restaurants and bars globally. They're looking at different initiatives, you know, different ways. Like everybody, you know, in the industry has pivoted. Mm -hmm. And how can we now turn, and rather than doing these awards and honors, how can we just sort of get boots on the ground and see people who are in need, whether they're you know, hospitality workers or whether they're you know, people just related to the industry, um, how can we help these restaurants survive? Um, there is an amazing story in the New York Times this weekend by Gabrielle Hamilton from Prune, which I highly recommend everybody read. It's really about how, you know, how that city has changed mm -hmm. and how the restaurant industry has changed and how, you know, in these times, uh, you, it really makes you think, you know, do we need all these restaurants and do we need this type of dining and what kind of dining should we have? And it's just a really thought provoking, heartbreaking piece about being in the restaurant industry. I mean, it's always been difficult, right? Mm -hmm. There have always been very slim margins Absolutely. and it's always been people, you know, underpaid and people are fighting for a minimum wage increase. Yeah. Long uh, hours. 
long, long hours. I mean, you know this as well as anybody because you know a lot of people in the industry. Um, but even more so now, it's really it's sort of coming to the forefront that we really, we really need to rethink, you know, how people are getting taken care of and health care and minimum wage and um, just how to be um, how to be good to everybody, how to be good to, and, and kind and fair and equitable. So, um, yeah, so 50 Best is completely pivoted this year. It would just be inappropriate to have an award, uh, an award ceremony right now. Well, hoping we get through this without, I know it's going to be impossible not to lose some of our favorite places to eat. I'm sure that's going to happen, but hopefully um, less than more. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, you know, the, the, the optimists say 20% of the restaurants when this is over will not be around. I mean, I've heard more than a quarter. Won't, mm-hmm. won't be able to make it. Um, I mean, it is extremely difficult if you're going, you know, paycheck to paycheck. And uh, right. But right now, at least during, you know, this period right now for the next month and a half or so, two months, it, it doesn't pay for these employees to go back to work. Absolutely. They're actually getting more money in some cases getting unemployment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Think about that. And, the, and, if, and if you're able to, if you're one of those lucky people who wins this SBA loan, you've got to pay it back within eight weeks. You've got to you know, make rehire three quarters of your staff. Well, how can you do that if you're only allowed to have 50 percent occupancy in your restaurant? Absolutely. There's no way, right? There's no way the government's going to allow you to have a full full restaurant anymore. Absolutely. At least just, for the next several months. It just doesn't make sense. But we appreciate you being with us, Steve Delinsky. Steve, where can people find more information about you and uh, make sure not to miss uh, your Pizza City uh, podcast? Um, just go to pizzacityusa.com or my own my website is stevedelinsky.com. Well, love you, Steve. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks. She appreciate it. Take care.